WRVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Interesting uh, weather that is moving through is, as we look at what's happening. We're going to talk some topsoil moisture. And unfortunately, there's a lot of topsoil that's blowing around with the, with the winds that we have. But before we even look at that, we're going to describe what's happening in the corn and the soybean markets. We've got a great set of listener questions coming from Rick in Lexington. So we'll talk about that along with what's going on with planting Ukraine and how's demand holding up for this corn on corn. More is coming up as we continue this conversation today. Jeff Peterson is joining us. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. And let's kind of describe for me what you're seeing in the corn and the beans right now. Yeah, it, it's really interesting, Susan. It, it's really a discovery process is the best way we can describe it. You know, we continue to see strong strength setting new highs in, in both the old crop and new crop corn. And, and soybeans are trying to gain some strength in there, too. And and it's really, just like we describe a weather market, it's, it's kind of really more about trying to understand how many acres are we going to get planted here in the U.S. And, and ultimately, what are those acres going to get planted to? And then also, along with that, you've got the situation watching Ukraine. And then quietly, you're looking at the outside markets. And as we gain a little bit of strength back in the crude oil market, that always kind of is nice to give us a little bit of a tailwind. And then as we have, and we've talked a little bit about out there, we've got, you know, some dry conditions looming in parts of the Western Corn Belt. And we continue to hear of, you know, the really dry conditions and low crop ratings on that winter wheat crop coming out of Kansas. So, you know, that's that's kind of what's setting the table here today, yeah, Susan. So when you look at the, the weekly crop progress report that came out yesterday, any surprises for you in those numbers? You know, it was a little surprising. I guess we didn't progress anything on the corn side in, in regard to, you know, planting progress, setting at 2% planted. Um, it's, it just speaks to the fact that in the eastern corn belt where they really haven't done much yet, we we haven't seen anything of, of progress out that way yet. But they're sitting just opposite of us. They're sitting in pretty condition, good conditions on weather. I found it interesting as I did look through the report to see that we're going to start reporting uh, soybean plantings next week. And uh, the one thing I would say overall is we probably have more people this year talking about planting soybeans first than what we've had in past years, Susan. So no real surprises. It's it's not that record fast pace that we thought we were going to get off to, but, you know, it's it's gradually moving along. But the big concern has got to be on this soil moisture. And as I alluded to, there is a lot of dirt. And I just got a tweet that says the past two weeks, I think I've lost, this gentleman says, I think I've lost most of the topsoil in my fields. Um, it's dry. And that's why it keeps moving. You know, it really is dry. And so one of the things we like to take a look at out of the weekly crop progress report, there's a couple sections in there. One of them addresses topsoil moisture, which by NAS, uh, National Ag Statistics Services, would be the top six inches of soil. And then the basically from six inches on down to about five feet is what they classify as our subsoil. But just taking a look at a couple of states here on the topsoil side, and we look at that short to very short rating, and that's currently sitting for Nebraska at 80%, and went back and 80% short to very short, and went back and looked at the database, and the data out of NAS goes back to 1996, and that's the driest that's showing on record on the topsoil. And then we take a look at the subsoil, and what's interesting, that's 82% short to very short. So not only are we dry on top, we are dry as it moves on down through the profile. And the last time we would have been that dry this time of year, and I should add that for the topsoil, that was also for this time of year, 
um, on the subsoil that take us back to 2013, Susan. Um, another state that I, 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 sorry to interrupt you there, I wanted to address and talk about Iowa a little bit. Iowa's interesting, uh, 28% short to very short on topsoil moisture. And the last time they would have been that dry on the top would have been 2014. But, but the rains that they've had out there, you can see they're 28% short to very short on topsoil, but their subsoil is 42% short to very short. And the last time they would have physically been at that level would have been 2015. So they've been catching some rains, but it's still, you know, they, they definitely don't have a full profile by no means. I was just going to say, you can definitely tell, though, um, soil moisture reserves are there for those folks that no-till versus conventional till. And on windy days like this, it's definitely apparent. Oh, very much so. So we had a listener that emailed me earlier today. Uh, Rick has got a couple questions. And the first one is, if and when China invades Taiwan, we've heard from uh, congressmen and the administration that we're prepared to impose sanctions on China. How drastically would that have an effect on our grain market futures? Well, I think it's a, a two-step process to that. I, I think the headline effect of it would would give us a pretty strong pullback in the markets, and, and that's a very valid risk we see. Then after that, it's a matter of ultimately um, seeing ultimately where does the flows of grain ultimately come in and, and, and end up moving, because we kind of saw a dress rehearsal of this back when we had the trade war with China, their demand's a little stronger now, but if they ended up taking the bushels that they did, you know, coming out of, I would say, like Brazil, and but the problem is now they don't have Ukraine to draw on. So I, I think we'd, we'd actually see that market um, snap back. It would it would hurt in the beginning, but then it kind of snap back, Susan. But given that China's such a large buyer, uh, he also wants to know, possibly, is this why China's been buying a lot of corn recently? Yeah, I think um, part of that reason, I would say, is that they're, they're concerned as they sit out there and they survey anything. You know, Ukraine was the number one supplier of corn to them. And ultimately, when they, they probably haven't picked up all their corn, so they're, they're concerned ultimately, can they get enough bushels coming from the U.S.? And then with the situation down in South America on that safrina corn crop, it looks really good now, and that can be a good market for them to pull bushels out of. But the concern on that crop gets to be the fact that, they, you know, there's about 30% of that crop that's a little bit drier than they'd like it to see. And we've got a forecast going forward that looks like a little bit drier. So that crop by no means, even though, you know, we've seen an increase on the production number on that report, that crop by no means is is out of the woods yet so that crop has the potential down there to actually get you know smaller as we go forward susan and so many what ifs as to where they're going to get grain if the stuff with ukraine and stuff doesn't continue uh stick around folks we've got a lot more coming up as we will continue here with the second half of the fontanelle final bell we come back we're going to take a look at speaking of ukraine what is going on with plantings there at this point and how is the demand holding up for corn for corn more is coming up it's the fontanelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids has always been about building relationships with our customers. Here's Mark Glow, a dealer from Wood River, Nebraska. Best part of Fontenelle is the people, but most importantly, working with the customers that we enjoy working with and building relationships. The most rewarding part of being a dealer is seeing our products perform every year with a wide range of farming practices and the ever-changing weather. For more, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide... RVN. 
Welcome back to the Fondale Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing the conversation with Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners, and we kind of alluded a little bit about things that are happening with Ukraine right now. They're on the same planting cycle as we are. So having said that, what are you hearing uh, about planting progress right now in Ukraine? Well, the latest numbers we've seen would be as of April 11th. It looks like they've got a little over 3 million acres planted. And if if our whole thought would be is that last year they planted about 37 million acres, and this would be their spring crop, not including their winter crop, they, they'd be about 9.3% planted. Now, if all of a sudden we trim that number down on how much they're going to get planted overall, then obviously they've got a much higher amount. But that gives us a way to kind of track along. The general feeling out there is they probably had enough fuel uh, to handle that first 20%. So, you know, we get another week, week and a half down the road, we're then going to be coming upon that number and we'll have to see if that progress slows. As you dig deeper into the numbers, as of right now on the spring wheat side, they've got about 68.6% of their spring wheat planted. Now, we don't know whether or not that's all it's going to get planted or that's just the phase they're at right now. Over on the spring barley side, they've got about 49.5% of, of last year's crop planted. They're just getting a start right now. They've got about, oh, one percent of the acres planted on corn that they had last year and over on the sunflowers are at about 3.8 percent of of the area planted the sunflowers that they would have had last year susan so let's look at demand how is it holding up right now for corn yeah, that's a great question because anytime we start seeing the markets, uh, you know, push up in these type of levels, we're still seeing basis levels of rebounded. Uh, they're strong. Uh, we're still continuing to see, you know, ethanol demand um, hanging in there. So if we dig into the numbers and look at that ethanol, last report we would have had, it would have been last Wednesday. We'll get a new update from EIA tomorrow. But uh, year to date, and that'd be since September 1st until now, actually the amount of corn that's went into ethanol year to date would be up about 9.8% compared to a year ago. And and that would con- compare in the WASDE report that came out uh, on Friday, they increased the amount of uh, corn demand going to ethanol and, and they uh, increased it so that currently we're 6.8% ahead of last year in you know the 2021 numbers versus 20 but but the demand actually shows we're at 9.8 so there's room to actually bring that demand number up down the road and i think we will see that over on the corn export side you know we've got a window in here uh probably through latter part of june first part of july but then we have to remember that there's a south american crop that's going to be harvested and start coming into the market and it'll be important to see kind of the size of that crop but as we take a look at usda's number coming out of that april wasdi report they were showing we we're going to be down about 9.2 percent on exports and currently down about 18.2 percent um, when we look at our actual numbers. So our, our feeling had been is we thought we'd see some additional corn demand show up, especially because the fact that there really isn't much corn left to export coming out of South America and in addition to the Ukraine situation. But, you know, so far, Susan, we just haven't quite seen it, but we're still optimistic, though, yeah, that we can see some higher numbers down the road. But if we get another couple months down the road and we haven't started seeing some of this show up, then then we might have to start pulling back our export numbers. Before we look at soybeans, I wanted to ask the announcement that came today from the Biden administration in regards to year-round and E15. Do you see that as a, as a- 
a boost for this ethanol industry or, or something that we kind of were thinking was going to happen anyways? Well, with this administration, it's, it's kind of always been a surprise. I, I don't think it was thought that that necessarily would come in, so I think it's it's good. Um, I don't have, and we haven't been able to calculate how much additional demand we think that's going to bring. But yeah, it is a positive. It's a positive headline, and we know it will add to demand. Just have not been able to put a number on how much yet, Susan. All right, let's look at those soybean numbers. How's demand going for the beans? You know, crushed demand's holding up really well. There's strong demand out there yet on the soybean meal and, uh, and especially strong demand on the soybean oil, the price of soybean oil is. And then we also take a look at the export demand, and, and that is also looking really good right now. Um, currently, USDA in the April WASD report, um, they're showing the export demand. Uh, they, they did raise it, but we're still down about 6.4% compared to a year ago. And when we take a look right now with the amount of soybeans that have been shipped and also the stuff that's currently on the books that have been purchased and waiting to be shipped we're only down about 7.5 percent so we're getting awfully close to to meeting usda's numbers so down the road what we think that means is we think that is going to mean ultimately some higher export numbers for beans the the big thing that that's kind of driving that is that ultimately we think about Brazil and Brazil's harvest is is getting pretty well wrapped up. They're setting there probably about 85 to 90 percent harvested. They've been exporting a, a strong amount, a large amount of beans out. And so we know at some point in here they're going to come up short or they're going to end up actually running out of beans. And the thing we have to remember when we take into account Brazil and Argentina and Paraguay and Uruguay, you know, they're probably 750, 800 billion bushels of production less than they would have been a year ago, Susan. Lots of great things we looked at today, Jeff. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com. You can get some free daily commentary delivered by text or email. Or follow me on Twitter at JeffPeterson01. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.